0: Thine is the kingdom and the power and
1: the glory forever and ever. Amen. Welcome to the podcast, In and Through exists to equip the church to be hearers and doers of the word. My name is still Tim Elmore.
0: (laughs) I'm still the other guy. (laughs) Also known as Marshall.
1: Yeah, if you'd have been here for the first time we tried to record this, you would have gotten that joke.
0: Yeah, but you missed out because Tim... Tim screwed up, everybody. Just going to say it.
1: And I, I thought I was recording, and I wasn't. Luckily, we were only five minutes in.
0: Yeah. Yeah, instead of like 35 minutes in. Yeah. We're 55 minutes in, mm. as it's happened before. <laughs> it's okay, Tim. It's mm. okay. It's all right. Yeah. There's grace. There's grace there.
1: Is there? I
0: I hope so. <laughs> For your sake. <laughs> Well, question t- 6.
1: Question 6, how can we glorify God? Yeah. So as I said before, this is a hard part when we have to pretend like we didn't already just talk about this? Like we didn't just have this conversation 5 minutes ago? When I <laughs> when I when I first read this question, the thought that came to me was before I even open the commentary section, mm-hmm. I already know who wrote this and what it is they were going to say. On both the older Antiquated, not antiquated, the historical, historical and the the modern. Uh, we're going to be Jonathan Edwards mm-hmm. and Jonathan Edwards 2.0, otherwise known as John Piper. <laughs> um, which, just to be clear, I, I that's not me making fun of John Piper.
0: I think he'd be honored He's, to be referred to as right. Jonathan Edwards 2.0.
1: <laughs> he says all the time that it's his theological hero. Sure. And... There is very little, although there is some in eschatology, hmm. very little margin for a divergence between John Piper and John Edwards. I think to the average reader, John Piper is more readable.
0: More accessible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like,
1: yeah. like you were saying, you don't have to read and reread <laughs> and then reread. <laughs> Um like you might with Jonathan Edwards, yeah it's pretty dense it's pretty it's 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 like reading an academic letter, yeah, um John Piper can get that way, but he he also knows when he's writing to a popular audience and when he's writing an academic piece mm-hmm. um but all of that to say, they're pushed Jonathan Edwards and john Piper, God is most. Satisfy, or God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. Right. Thus, desiring God ministries. Right. The greater we, our desire for him, the more he's glorified.
0: Yeah. it's what Piper calls the Christian hedonism.
1: For better or for worse, in terminology, hedonism has an ugly ring to it. It does. <laughs> Christian hedonism <laughs> sounds like an oxymoron. Right. Hedonism means the pursuit of pleasure. Right. Edwards, Piper, Packer Mm -hmm. argued along these lines as well. The greatest pursuit of pleasure is the pursuit of God. That's right. And receiving things that God has granted us with joy is right worship. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so when he says Christian hedonism, that's what he's getting at. Um, we're not going to go into a long list of whether he's right or wrong. Just to say, when I read question six, I was like, "Oh no, Piper's all over this." Open up the commentary. Struck out twice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the contributors did a good job. They did a great job, but yeah. uh, just not who not you thought. what I expected.
0: Yeah, it was uh, Richard Sibbs and Brian Chapel, I <laughs> think were the two. All right. So,
1: why the question?
0: Well, here's the thing. The Westminster says that the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Yes. Which is a fancy way of saying that's the the highest purpose of life. Like, what's the meaning of life? Right the, the, mm-hmm. this, this question is kind of answering that question. If we if we are in a place where we already affirm the things that we've already covered so far, sure that God is who He is and we are who we are in respect to Him, then glorifying Him, finding out how to glorify Him is how we, finding out how to live this life for its intended purpose,
1: right? Right. One thing that I want to point out in the question, is that the question presumes a little bit. It does. Uh, the way that is put forth, it says, how can we glorify God? It does not say, how do we pacify or please God? Right. And I think for the greatest majority of human intention and understanding around God, the question for us is, how do I appease God? Right. You look at religions around, across history and around the world, and appeasing their God is a huge portion of it because mm-hmm. if you don't, bad stuff's going to happen. So make God happy, or he's going to take the thumb and push down, mm-hmm. right? And it's going to get nasty. So yeah. a- appease him, please yeah. him. And the question then comes, how do we do that? What are the things we do? What are the sacrifices we give? What do we do to appease that God. Christianity gets lumped into that, not only by the world, but also by the church. Oh, yeah. Who seriously misunderstand what it means to live under a biblical gospel. Right. And so this is not about appeasing or pleasing God. This is about one who has already received from God, bringing him glory. And so the question needs to be understood in that way. Mm -hmm. This is about making much of God, not about improving my status with him.
0: Right. Yeah, it's not about avoiding punishment, and it's not about earning brownie points. Right. Um, Yeah, and I think it's important that we dive into the how of how we can do this, because life can be confusing. Like Mm -hmm. this world that we live in, there are a lot of paths to walk. Sure. There's a lot of things we can do. There's a lot of directions we can head in. So how do we stay on track? If glorifying God is in fact the the purpose for our existence, then it's important, it's imperative that we figure out how to do that. Mm-hmm. Right? Um Again,
1: not for brownie points. Not for brownie points. But to make much of him.
0: hmm Yeah. That's our that's our purpose, right? Um yeah, so how do how do we focus the time and the energy and the various giftings of our lives towards that end? That is why this question matters.
1: Yeah, and so so to move on to the how other people have handled this. Mhm. One I I would I would throw back to those who completely mishandle it by avoiding the question and going to another question of how do I keep God happy? Yeah. Which is not the question on the table. But some people struggle so much being caught in that mindset that they can't move to this right right it's like oh man this is gonna get dicey that meme where you have phoebe Mm -hmm. talking to joey joey right and she explains it slowly (laughs) yeah he repeats explains it slowly and he repeats explains it slowly and he comes to an entirely different conclusion yeah it's like that yeah right we're like you're already saved by grace through faith glorify god Mm -hmm. they're like a peace God <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this has expressed itself in the church throughout church history, in different contexts. And I mean, even for some people, I mean, they might have been raised in that type of co- like context within Christianity. This is not mm. this is an error that, it, as you said, has really found its way into the church and into our thinking as well. So, yeah, so I think that's that's definitely a, a significant wrong answer.
1: I think some ways, one way that people do this is uh, focusing too narrowly, like one incorrect way of doing this, focusing too narrowly on the teachings of God. So some people focus too narrowly on the call to repentance at the expense of the rest of the gospel story. Um, Yes, it is essential as an entry into the gospel narrative, Mm -hmm. but there is a life to be lived inside of that gospel narrative that can get lost. Right. Some people focus on the uh, Christian living side of things and completely miss the whole rebuke of repentance Mm -hmm. to enter into it. So they're teaching what to do once you're inside, but not telling you how to get the door open. Yeah. Um and so so these are some ways that people feel like they're glorifying God, mm-hmm. right? I'm doing these things that God has told me to do, but narrowly. Yeah. Right? I I like to I like to talk use this as a as an image for it. When we are healthy, we are a people that are on a good diet with good exercise. Mm. Sometimes the church falls into two camps. There's the doers. Right. That are just like listen, you you Bible study people are like just drowning yourself in Bible study for the sake of Bible study and all that kind of stuff and your theology and all those kinds of conversations whatever. We're out getting it done. But they're not doing it in good theology and good biblical understanding. And so they're exercising without a solid diet. And they're anemic. Yeah. They're the means by which and the reasons for which they are doing the things that they're doing are not grounded in Scripture. And they're anemic. And and on the flip side of that, you have people who are rightly just engrossing themselves in Bible study. How do I please God? I do another Bible study, even deeper than the one I did before. Right. Right. I don't have time to go love my neighbor because I'm learning koine. (laughs) And so, and so what happens is those people become gluttons and they become obese and overweight because they're just on constant diet with no exercise. Mm. The healthy Christian life is a balance, good diet and exercise. I love
0: it. I love that analogy. How you like me
1: now? Yeah.
0: I've heard that analogy from you before. I've actually used it um, in some interesting context. Did I get credit? Uh, yeah, you did. I, yeah. <laughs> I kidding. use it in school. I no, I did. Well, cause the first time you use it, you have to say so-and-so said, and then after that I can say, I've said before, right? That's the, right. that's the trick, right? So I have to quote you first and then I can quote
1: myself quoting you, which you've also stolen from me, which <laughs> I stole from Kevin DeYoung. <laughs> that's right. So this is how it works. This is how it works, folks. Um, well that wrong
0: answer, that expl- explanation we just went through, I think is like super awesome and super meaningful. I think there's a more simplistic wrong answer that has wormed its way into the church that I do want to touch on before sure. we move. Is the Essentially, it's the it's the be yourself. It's like, how do you glorify God? Well, God made you, and you're the best you that you can be, so just be yourself, and that'll make God
1: happy. Uh, I, I remember, <laughs> just flashback moment, I remember being in, like, first or second grade, sitting in the first or second grade Sunday school classroom at the church I grew up in. That's how I can identify the age. And there was a picture on the wall that had a little boy sort of sullen with his arms crossed. And this said, I'm I'm perfect like I am because God don't make junk. And I, I thought that was great at the time, <laughs> but I got a feeling you're about to tell me that wasn't so great. Yeah. As affirming as that
0: might sound, uh, it's actually nonsense. <laughs> I mean, from a from a Christian perspective, when we remember the Gospels, like if you were the best you that you could be, why did Jesus come? Yeah, <laughs> why do you need to repent? Right? If like if this is if if this is just you at, at, at peak performance, I mean, I mean, we can get into some. I mean, there's theological applications about you know, it's not, it's actually impossible. Even if we were theoretically at peak performance to to live perfectly, but regardless of that fact, like you you aren't the best you that you can be. That's that's ridiculous.
1: Right. So David doesn't say that he was in the miry clay, and God looked to him and said, "I like you." Yeah. <laughs> he said he took me from the miry clay, and he placed my feet on solid ground. Right. That is hope. Not that it's not hopeful to think that God would look at us in our struggle because we struggle and we're messed up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? I mean, that's just a thing. And that he would look at us and be like, isn't it cute? <laughs> isn't it cute when they struggle? <laughs> I, it's so adorable. I love them. Mm-hmm. I love them like that. And even further, so these are all biblical arguments against the point that you're making. But there's just a logical argument against it. Right. Because even a person that would say, you're the best you that you can be, is going to follow that with, so. (laughs) Just realize it. Which means (laughs) you have improvement to make (laughs) that I am going to speak into at this moment.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you could only improve in that way, then you'd realize that you
1: don't need to improve at all. Um, I think the (laughs) only genuine thing that could be said in that case would be, you're the best you you could be, so ignore everything that I have to say, and don't waste your money on my book.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the thing is that, okay, and we can kind of move on from this, but, like, we, look, what I hear a lot, especially running in circles that are focused a lot on, on youth ministry, ministry to young people, is this whole, like, God loves you just the way you are. And I realize that that statement is not inherently false and Mm -hmm. it, and it has its place. But I think those of us who are mature need to come to the realization that a better way of articulating that is God loves you in spite of the way you are. And that sounds harsh,
1: but it's true. Um, And I think also recognizing a past tense notion to that. Mm. Where you, God loved you where you are, Mm -hmm. which is why Mm -hmm. he made available for you salvation through Christ.
0: Right. Right. That's true. Yeah.
1: Right. And so that doesn't continue on into, therefore, there is now no condemnation because God loves you where you are. Mm -hmm. There is, therefore, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Right. Because— God demonstrated his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died, Christ died for, for us.
0: Yeah. Sorry, I didn't know if you were waiting for me to finish the verse. You uh, g- that, was just, me a look. that was just dramatic pause. Okay, sorry. That Christ. was just pause I for totally everyone to sort them.
1: of catch their breath, <laughs> uh, for the tear to shed down the cheek kind of thing. Yeah, that's great.
0: That's great. Yeah, and I think, okay, so let's get to the the actual answer here. So how can we glorify God? The New City Catechism says we glorify God by enjoying him, loving him, trusting him, and by obeying his will, commands, and law. Now, here's the thing. that That's a very good answer. And there's different parts to this answer. One of the things that, as I was reading this answer, I was like, there's different elements to this. And I think some of us, myself included, are really good at doing parts of this right and we there is a danger that we can become too focused on one aspect
1: and fail in the others right I'm gonna put you on the spot and ask you a question I'm gonna interrupt you and ask you a question okay which one of these do you think people struggle with the most
0: um hmm probably trusting him uh, now nah, as soon as I said that I'm I don't know or maybe obeying as well <laughs> I don't know you put me on the spot here
1: no th- that's fair yeah just when we were reading through it I was thinking we've preached a lot of messages we being pastors for millennia about trusting and obeying God about loving him mm-hmm I don't know how much people think about enjoying God.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, we celebrate him a lot, right? We celebrate him in in song, um, you know, every Sunday. That's an enjoy—I mean, I tie that up kind of in an enjoying of him. Mm -hmm. Um, No, I think maybe you're right. Maybe the emphasis has been— has been off of that and perhaps that's why John Piper writes every book with the same premise that we need to enjoy God more. <laughs> yeah, and, and <laughs> that, that's not to problem. do.
1: That's not to do a, an I'm right and here's where you're wrong thing. Yeah. Just a just a question like a a gut check observation. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's maybe that's me projecting. Right. Um I I don't know. I there's don't know. O- there's also
0: overlap, right? Mm-hmm. There's overlap between these things. Um why don't we okay I wouldn't mind just kind of breaking it down, getting into these kind of four, these four things and talking Let's about do that. it. So the first one, enjoying him, mm-hmm. um, finding our joy in him, right? Um, recognizing what he's done and how he's operating and appreciating that, I think is a, is an important thing for us to do. And God is glorified in that. Um,
1: yeah, I, that's something that I I feel like I've been touching on a little bit lately mm-hmm. in my own message. Uh, just looking at the world around us and enjoying this world. Right. Maybe it's because I'm becoming a bitter old man, a <laughs> grouchy bit old man.
0: So you're preaching to yourself.
1: And so so maybe, yeah, maybe so. Uh, but just being able to look at the world around us and say, no, these are gifts given by God. Mm-hmm and I can just enjoy life. Yeah. Right? That doesn't mean obviously. I mean, you can take that to the degree of at the expense of what? No. Right. But you don't not enjoy life at the expense of doing the work. It's a Mary Martha thing, isn't <laughs> right. it?
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah, to just exactly. be able
1: to sit at his feet. A- and if you want to say sit at his feet and learn, then you might be turning Mary into a Martha. <laughs> but- to just enjoy the life and the gifts of life that he's given to us. Yeah.
0: I mean, if you understand that he is the giver of life and, and of all of the things that we enjoy in this life, as as long as we, we don't make the mistake of, of as we enjoy things, letting our joy come from those things in and of themselves. Right. So that right.
1: we we're not worshiping the gift above the giver. Yeah. Right. But to be able to say... Thank you, Jesus, for the coffee.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thank you for creating the coffee bean. Yes, excellent. Uh, Especially on a cold morning like this.
1: Uh, I've I've seen you check your cup three times. It's empty, knowing that it's empty, but you keep looking at it wishfully, as if maybe it might be the widow's cup of oil. Yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah. Seriously, (laughs) it actually drives Candace crazy. Always one more drink. I do it all the time. Yeah. I could have three more coffees now. Um, Okay, the next one is loving him. Mm -hmm. And I think loving him, again, there are are connections to other points that we're going to get into, but I think loving him does speak to the relational aspect of our faith, right? right? That the communication aspect, Mm -hmm. the the, the back and forth. I think our prayer life is huge in this aspect. Um, I think coming to know him as we've already mentioned knowing him and loving him are are intricately connected right mm-hmm. if you want to love someone better you should come to know them better and so it's all tied up in that um, in experiencing that love and, and reflecting that uh, love as well
1: back to him right and and I think this is where disciplines come in really strong yeah uh, because sometimes when we hear enjoy God or love God more we think that it's just sort of like mustering up an emotion.
0: Right. Or right? just put your hands up more when you're worshiping.
1: Right. Love him more. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? Just strain be Like, I don't even know what I'm doing, but I'm trying to do more of it. Right. Uh, but when it comes to loving God more, it's the same way you'd love a person more. Mm. Be with them more. Mm-hmm. Learn more about them. Do the things that you know. Bring them joy and bring them honor. Yeah. That's what it means. and yeah. and it's at that point it's not it, it's far more tangible at that point. It makes more sense, and it's a doable thing. yeah um, you you mentioned this like the relational side of the prayer and all that kind of stuff. You know when this works best for me. When you wake up in the middle of the night, like you sleep, you wake up from like three to whatever, and you fall back asleep.
0: I don't know what that's like, but that's okay. You don't?
1: I, I don't I do, do that. The time. That is my best prayer time. Cool. Like I just I just wake up in the middle of the night, and I, I remember at one point I was just having trouble going back to sleep, and then I was just like, maybe God's waking me up to give me an opportunity to spend some time in prayer that I don't take during the day because I call myself busy. Mm. Um, and so that's just kind of become a habit for me. Mm. And I think my most intimate prayer times— are sort of like between sleeps in the middle of the night. Um, it doesn't happen every night. It happens more often than not. Mm. Um, but, but those are just really good intimate times. And I end up falling asleep and realizing that I'm not even praying a coherent thought anymore. Um, I don't know that that upsets God. No. I don't think right? I mean, if my kids were just sitting there talking to me, trying to keep awake to talk to me, falling asleep in the middle of it, I wouldn't be like, hey, you want to talk to me? Give me yeah. your attention.
0: Well, I've got a little one right now who is making makes a lot of noise. She's, she's trying to communicate with me. Mm-hmm. Um, although, you know, her vocabulary is limited. And she, you know, can't speak in full sentences, at, at anywhere near full sentences at this point. But when she's looking at me, and vocalizing something to me, even though it is incoherent, um, I feel loved by mm-hmm. her, right? And I think we can we can take that into, you know, we take that net analogy into our prayer life that sometimes what comes out, and I'm not just talking about like what you're kind of in the midst of falling asleep, but sometimes like what we're feeling and thinking and what we're expressing, like it doesn't, it doesn't read like, you know, literature, Right. Mm -hmm. It's a a mess
1: sometimes. Yeah. Paul told the church at Rome, sometimes we pray that way. And the Holy Spirit intercedes Mm. with groans and utterances that we don't understand because we don't know what to pray for.
0: Exactly. Trusting him. Mm. Um, So this was the one. So when you first asked me, this was the one that jumped to mind that that we struggle with the most. Maybe it's because sometimes I struggle with it. I, I don't know. Not trusting him for salvation, but I think sometimes trusting him like when we're faced with trials. Right is like trusting that he is in control of this. Like, right. like, like on a, you know, in an int on a, the intellectual level, it's like, yeah, of course he is. I affirm that. I agree with that for sure. On the emotional level, dude, that's hard sometimes.
1: Yeah. So let's say hypothetically, okay, <laughs> the entire world was hit. I don't know by a disease. Okay. Just say. Okay. Right. So imagine that. I'm following you. I think. Okay. And then with that, ostensibly would come changes to the way we live. Sure. Um, Those changes would be probably stressful at times. Mm -hmm. Controversial. Mm -hmm. Are these really necessary? Are they not necessary? Are they helpful? Are they not helpful? Right. And in all of that, we can find ourselves just sort of floundering, we have to bring an end to this. Right. Right? And, and in that, panicked. Mm-hmm. But we can also trust that as we have for decades laid a foundation, that God is sovereign, his will is being done, mm-hmm. and his providential will will be made full. We just say, God, I don't know why you're going about it this way, but I see that you are. Right. And I trust you.
0: That feels a little pointed, but I needed to hear it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it was, I know. It, it was it was, I was I a shotgun blast. I know it was. I know. I got hit by some of the shrapnel. Okay, so um yeah, so I think trusting him also I think ties into the the thing obeying him. And this is why. Trusting that his way is the right way, even when we're inclined to disagree i think is is hard too for us Mm -hmm. right trusting that like god actually knows what he's talking about when he talks about human life because he created human life right that the way that he's called us to live the way that he's called us to make decisions on a variety of levels uh relationally financially uh, spiritually whatever that might be um that that is trusting The, the the obedience often relies on the trusting the trusting needs to happen Mm -hmm. Right. We have to actually believe that God is, you know, qualified to tell us what to do, Um, which, you know, can be a struggle as well. Um,
1: Yeah. And a lot of people look at these things and they're like, oh, that's that's really stressful. Mm. Maybe it is at first. Yeah. But I think we grow beyond it. Trust and obey. Yeah. For there's no other way (laughs) to (laughs) To be be happy happy in in Jesus. Yeah. but to trust and obey.
0: Yeah. So the obedience, obedience to his will expressed in scripture. Yeah. There's that part of his will. I think the the part of his will that we need to be obedient to that is sometimes tricky too is, is like the thing, and you kind of touched on this with your, your analogy, about you know, that very strange analogy, uh, outlandish analogy about a virus taking over the whole world um, where like things are happening around us. Right. Like things, sometimes things that aren't good are happening around us and understanding that like there's a, there's the will of God operating in that. Um, and that is tricky sometimes.
1: Yeah. And, and I think, I think what happens with the obey part too, is that people look at it and they're like, well, you said relationship, but obedience is dictatorial. Right. 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 And so there's a disconnect in that. There's not for Jesus. Jesus says, the one who loves me is the one who keeps my commandments. That's right. Right? And he tells them in the Great Commission, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. Yeah. Right? So there's no disconnect in that for him. And the reason there's no disconnect is because when we look at a commandment in a dictatorial way, we do that because we have human leaders that misuse their power and make wrong decisions. Yeah. When we're talking about God, who is the one who has shown his love for us, then obedience in him is following what is best for everyone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We don't need to question his motives. Right, right. Like I understand, like it people have good reason to be uh, questioning the motives of political leaders. Um, some people maybe, you know get on that horse a little bit too often, but but I think there's there's legitimate reason, but God is not that way,
1: or even capacities, right, right? Yeah, sure. so we can ask questions of human leaders, was that the best decision? right? The thing about God is it was always the best decision and always for the right reason, yep. So that changes the whole atmosphere of what it means to obey.
0: Yeah, yeah. And this connection between love and obedience—I mean, it's found all throughout the scriptures. Yeah, one of the one of the verses that I had down was what you already quoted from John. Another great one: Deuteronomy ten twelve. And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, mm. to walk in all His ways, and to love Him. Like those are all in the same sentence, mm-hmm. right? so it's like love and fear and obedience are are not these distinct things and these distinct flavors and and you know people say well you know you do you fearing god but i'm just going to love him or oh you oh you do you you know obeying him but i'm going to fear him whatever whatever it might be these are these are all connected obedience has this strong connection with love
1: and when you look at david and mm-hmm. the heart that david had for god as mm-hmm. a person that jesus would call him a man after his own heart how much read Psalm 119 Mm. and various others that are just Mm. your law is my joy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so the question we need to ask ourselves, right. Is are we willing to follow the pattern that he's laid out for us in scripture, right. That, that governs the way that we act and that we speak and that we think and we live even as our own, flesh and this world you know pulls against it and that's tough and that's when the the love the enjoying and the love and the trusting and the obedience kind of come together it's like do we enjoy do we get enough joy out of him do we do we have a strong enough love relationship with him that we trust him enough to obey him right and it's all it all comes together in this beautiful kind of package
1: so so what why does it matter that we know these things that we understand how we can glorify God.
0: Well, I think we come back to kind of what we were talking about at the very top of this podcast, that, like, this, this is what we were made for. Mm-hmm. This is, like, to be made in God's image doesn't, like, doesn't just speak to the uniqueness of human beings from the rest of the creative, created order, but, like, we, are, we were meant to reflect God's glory, like we, we were, we were, we were made in such a way that we're supposed to be able to look at one another and say, like, I see a a measure of godliness in you. I, I, I get, I get a sense, I get a greater sense of what God is like because I see you glorifying him in, in the way that you are. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, that our ability to do that has been drastically marred and, 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 um, diminished by sin, but through the redeeming power of Christ and through the sanctification of the Holy Spirit, we are able to come back in that direction. And that's why it is so important. That's why this matters so much, because this is what we were
1: made for. Yeah. And, and I would say Romans 12, 1 and 2. Mm. Tell us, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. For this is your spiritual act of worship.
0: Mm.
1: Our spiritual act of worship is not daily Bible reading. Mm. It fuels our spiritual act of worship. Mm -hmm. Singing is not a spiritual act of worship. It is a discipline that builds us up. Our every thought and action in life is that spiritual act and wor- act of worship yeah that is what to live this thing is what it means to be in spiritual worship yeah and so it is about us being entirely different conforming no longer to the patterns of this world but transformed by the renewing of our minds then and only then will we be able to test and approve god's will his good pleasing and perfect will We spend too much time logically reasoning and trying to figure out what is best Mm. and not nearly enough time saying, let's biblically reason and stop drawing parameters on how, well, yeah, I see what the Bible says, but is that applicable in every circumstance and trying to find loopholes around it and just give ourselves to a radical obedience and at the end of this life we will not have lived perfectly but to be able to stand before God and say even when it didn't make sense to me I did everything I could to put myself in a place to say I think this is God's will Mm. and I think this brings glory to him
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And if that means that I suffer because I would choose to recognize him as sovereign and right rather than to relieve my own flesh and exercise those desires, Mm. then he's glorified because I've said, no, his his way is better than what I want, Mm -hmm. what I need and and uh, can that be taken too far? I don't know, but yeah. that's that's where I want to be in the end, yeah, right.
0: Yeah. I think that's what makes the the life of the lukewarm Christian so particularly difficult for the non believer. You can just do what you want i mean you'll you'll pay the price for it eventually, but you you just you had, you just have that freedom right mm-hmm. to 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 live that way do what you think is best, yeah. But for the for the kind of the lukewarm Christian and we all we've all been there. We've all we all are to some degree, but you're stuck in this struggle between okay, God's will or my will. And, and every single decision, you're, you feel like you're being pulled apart by like what you want and what God wants. And it can be really exhausting. Yeah. And, and it can be the cause of a, a lot of grief and frustration and anxiety in your life. Um, and to get to that point where we can surrender ourselves to, to his will is actually going to give us a sense of peace and direction and and clarify the course ahead. Not that, not that absolutely everything will be instantaneously made clear and we'll know exactly what to do, but you see people who walk closely with the Lord, people like the apostle Paul that I was reading about with in the small group this morning, like he just like did stuff like mm-hmm. he just he just knew where god was calling him and he just did it like it didn't seem like he really like was torn up about things he even in difficult situations facing adversity whatever it might be he had surrendered himself he enjoyed god he loved god he trusted god he obeyed god and and his life <laughs> for all the trouble he went through it seemed like it was pretty simple
1: yeah and it's so a- you you made a statement that I just want to be sure we clarified to get to the point. Okay. Where? Okay. Right. You said to get to the point where. And and I I want to be clear that we don't have any shades of this going on because I know it's not what you meant. Right. But right. I just want to I just want to make sure we don't have shades of it going sure. on. There is an unfortunate heresy that is unfortunately predominant that there is a next level. Right. Right. A next level of faith. And when you get to that point, it unlocks all these new powers and abilities. Right. Right. Um, And that is not taught in Scripture anywhere. No. Um,
0: What I was referring to is more something along the lines of on the spectrum of spiritual maturity. mm -hmm. Right. It's not a step up into a different class, into a different club. Yeah. It's rather us growing in conformity to Christ. And as we move along that that spectrum of maturity in sanctification, things will become clearer, I believe. Yeah.
1: But that, that's just Keswick theology has made this mm-hmm. something that has spread out beyond their group yeah. and into a lot of other groups. Yeah. Um a lot of Chinese theology that was coming Over from uh, hundreds of years ago, has this built into it. Um, The idea is the idea, the practice of it, the actual application of it is this. I I know we're running late. Yeah, it's okay. But this needs to be hit on. You just make the decision to do that in that moment. Mm -hmm. You make the decision to say, I'm going to stop trying to reason my way out of whether or not this is me following the biblical pattern or doing what I believe to be wise. Right. You make that decision and it's a hard decision and you make it in the moment. And then in the next moment you make that decision again Hmm. and you rinse and repeat until you die.
0: Hmm. Hmm.
1: And it's always a hard decision. Will it get easier? You'll get into a pattern where because you've moved yourself that direction, you'll start in that direction. Mm -hmm. And it'll be step one instead of when you're at the end of your rope. Becomes like a reflex. Kind of a thing. It becomes, Mm -hmm. this is the starting point for thought. Mm -hmm. And so that makes it quicker. It means you have less stumbling over yourself in the process. Um... But it doesn't make it automatic. No. And it doesn't make it hurtless. Hmm. And and to be truthful, it can come with its own struggle because you can end up with people like, well, that's what you always say or that's what you always <laughs> do or you're just sort of defaulting to this thing. And you've got to be able to say, yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I have to continue in that. Right. Um, Cool. There go. Well thanks for listening This podcast is a resource of Memorial Baptist Church In Stratford, Ontario In cooperation with the Gospel Coalition of Canada And our producer, Alec Walker Next time
0: See you later